welcome back to Sad Girl Energy. I'm your host, Bria Hebert, and this is the podcast where we're busy doing sad girl shit, which is basically just hot girl shit, but you do it while crying. We do now have an Instagram account for the podcast. It is at Sad Girl Energy Pod. I'll link that in the description below so that you can follow that. We are going to try a new angle for the video this week. Again, if you're listening, you probably don't care, but another reason to check out the video so you get to see the whole picture, literally. Um, If you like the video, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, share with a friend. All of that is super appreciated. Also, none of the things I ordered have arrived yet, and this is the second time it's happened where I have placed an order and it's said that it's delivered, but it's not actually delivered, which I know is very much so a pandemic problem. But um, we're also going to move to bi-weekly episodes because I am moving out of my current apartment. And so there's just like a lot going on right now. So I think bi-weekly will be better for my schedule. And then if my schedule opens up a bit more, maybe I'll move back to weekly episodes. That's the reason why I haven't set up the new backdrop, and this is maybe boring, um, but just because I am going to be moving and in a new space, then there's not really a point in setting up a backdrop and then potentially changing it when I get into my new space. So I feel like I'll just do the reveal all at once, and it will be exciting, and it will be something to look forward to in the future. Also, I'm doing a Zoom stand-up show on April 2nd. It is Ghost Orgy, which is the show I did in Scotland at the Edinburgh Fringe, um, plus some guest acts that we're going to be having on. It's by donation. I'll also add the link to that in the description in case you want to watch, join, hang out. We would love that. It's a really fun show, and we've got some exciting people on this month, so I'm really looking forward to it. And then hopefully, if this one is successful, we can make it a more regular thing until we're able to have live shows again safely. Okay, I'm going to be really honest today. I am hungover, so today is a struggle. I only had one beer last night, and I do not know what's wrong with me because when I was in college, I literally used to drink like three quarters of a 2-6 every Friday night and not even blackout. Like, I once did... 10 Jaeger bombs at a bar and I remember that whole night which should be illegal but also like I don't know what was wrong with me back then because like that's not uh, healthy but I just get convinced to drink so easily I have no willpower when it comes to it that kind of sounds bad when I say it that way because I have quit drinking for periods of time like for months at a time It hasn't been an issue. I haven't thought twice about it, but it was nice outside yesterday and I went on a walk with some friends and then all of a sudden we're grabbing beers and sitting outside in the sun. I don't really know how we got there, but we did, but it's getting sunny out and that has helped me immensely. The sun is so cruel in that way because like it could just be out all the time and make our life easier, but it chooses to like disappear for six months and then reappear, which like kind of is gaslighting us. The sun is gaslighting us. The weather is gaslighting us. We're all being fed that sweet, sweet vitamin D from the sky, 
which usually I feel bad about because of global warming. But right now, it's just the only thing we have. It's the only thing I have to look forward to, so I'm just gonna embrace it. But then also on the other hand, the thing that I don't like about the nice weather is the level of creepiness in general society just increases in the summer. Like it doesn't matter, right? I, I will not shave my legs for four weeks and some creepy guy will still hit on me at the park even though my legs look like that patchy grass at a public school playground. You know how it's like just like chunks of grass and then dirt and then chunks of grass that's what my legs look like in the middle of the summer i have no shame i do not care but i think what i realized about when it comes to drinking sometimes and i'm not blaming other people because like i'm an adult i make my own decisions but like i am such a people pleaser at my core which is weird because i hate most people so i don't know why i have these insane people-pleasing tendencies but I was reading about people-pleasing today because I realized I'm a people-pleaser I'm gonna read off some of the uh, kind of qualities of a people-pleaser so you can see if you are one as well number one it's hard for you to say no number two you're quick to agree even when you don't really agree that one I relate to so hard. I will find myself in conversations sometimes and someone will say, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's like, wait, no, I don't. Actually, I think your opinion is really stupid. Why did I just say that? But I also hate conflict. So what does that mean? Anyways, number three, you're a giver. And number four, arguments and conflict upset you. I especially relate to that last one. But then I read more about what causes people-pleasing and why some people might be more inclined to be a people-pleaser than others. Sorry, I had to take my earrings out because they were dangly earrings and I think that they were making noise and it would probably interfere with the recording and I don't wanna have to try to edit that out later. So, excuse me, <laughs> my fashion choice was not podcast appropriate. But I was looking through causes um, of people pleasing and of course the first thing that was listed was past trauma and it's like what isn't associated with past trauma like at this point I feel like every time I learn something about myself and I read the cause of that thing it's always past trauma and as my good friend Regan once said everything is trauma and I completely agree with that I want that on a sweatshirt I want that on a t-shirt I want that on a tote bag because yes everything is trauma existing is trauma so number two was self-esteem issues which um, is obviously linked to early childhood again basically trauma because childhood is trauma and then the last was fear of rejection which I think is all really interesting when you start diving deep into it because people-pleasing causes so much resentment. You are afraid of being rejected, but by being afraid of being rejected, you build resentment towards other people, which causes you almost to reject them. So I feel like it's this self-fulfilling prophecy. So then it's like, 
how do you stop yourself from people pleasing? And I think it's really small conscious things you can do, like instead of saying yes to something right away, you can just say, that's really interesting. I'm definitely going to think about that. Is it okay if I get back to you in a couple days once I've had the chance to uh, process and consider it? I think another good thing is just to, and these are things I'm trying to do, successfully or not, is to just say no to things you don't want to do. And it doesn't have to be mean. You can just say, yeah, that doesn't really interest me, but go ahead, enjoy, I'm excited for you to do it. And then I think another way to avoid conflict is to just not bury everything deep within yourself. My people pleasing is especially bad when I go to stores and it is why I end up spending money that I do not need to spend, which is honestly what I've realized the most and kind of has been the biggest push for me to try and fix this thing. I went to go buy beers the other day and the guy working at the bottle shop was like, oh, I saw that you picked out these two beers. Do you want to try this one? And I looked at the description of the beer and I was like, no, I don't really want to try it. I don't like IPAs. On the description for the beer, it said a sour IPA. And he said, oh, it's not really an IPA. And I said, well, on the, on the poster board, it's described as an IPA. And he was like, yeah, but it's like, it's not super hoppy. And then I bought the beer. I literally said I didn't want it. I, and I didn't want it. And I don't know how he convinced me. I love craft beer, but I hate craft beer for this reason. Because guys that work at bottle shops think I'm dumb and know nothing about beer. And that is not true. I really like craft beer, but I'm very particular and specific with my craft beer because I have tried so much of it. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And I don't like IPAs. They're disgusting. I have never tried one that I like. I'm probably not gonna like them anytime soon. They will never be the thing that I reach for. And I know this about myself. And yet somehow every single time I go to buy beer, I buy a beer that I don't like. And it's because instead of just saying, no, I don't wanna try that. Sorry, that's just not for me. My people-pleasing instincts kick in and I'm just like, yeah, no, I'll get it. And it's probably part people-pleasing and part just wanting the conversation to end and wanting to get what I want and go out. I know working retail is really hard and I know that working retail, you're constantly pressured by your managers to upsell, which is such a frustrating thing to have to do. I know when I worked retail, I absolutely hated that. But also if a customer says no once, I think it's fair to say, okay, that person doesn't want it and move on. But yeah. I don't want to spend money I don't have on things I don't even want just because I feel obliged to. It is the worst feeling ever and then it makes me hate that place. It, that's where the resentment comes in. It makes me hate that place that I just purchased something from because I feel like they took advantage of me by upselling. Which I know it's more complicated than that but that tactic is so frustrating and honestly that moment in the bottle shop was what made me realize I need to work on people pleasing. I think people pleasing can be something that's like super, super present in romantic relationships. I get so frustrated when I hear people say, you know, don't settle because you'll find the right one in the context of romantic relationships. And I don't like that narrative. I don't like the narrative that you shouldn't settle because someone better might come. I don't think that's what it should be tied to. I don't think it should be tied to another person. 
I think you shouldn't settle simply because you know you deserve better. It doesn't matter if someone better comes along. No one else might come along and you have to be okay with that. I think it's better to be alone and be happy with yourself than to settle for someone who doesn't give you what you need or doesn't treat you how you deserve to be treated. And I don't think that's a lesson we're taught, but I do think it's something that is linked to people pleasing because we think, oh, this person is, you know, good for me in these ways and that's kind of enough. Like, oh, I can't find the perfect person. And I'm not saying you will find the perfect person. I don't think that exists. I do think that it's okay for you to have certain non-negotiables or certain needs that have to be met in order to be in a relationship. While I was setting up the Instagram account and starting to post more just about the podcast to like help promote it, I was thinking about the fact that this podcast is called Sad Girl Energy and what that might mean for people. And if you're thinking, oh, Bria, can a man exude sad girl energy? Of course, you know, sad girl energy knows no gender. But the reason I say sad girl energy is because I just feel like women are more in touch with their emotions in that way and more self-aware when it comes to their emotions and men are not. And that's of course a generalization but that's also on them like i have too many other things to do and also frankly i have been attacked by too many incels online as of the last couple of months i don't feel like helping men right now i just can't i don't have the energy for it and that's why you should hate incels too like men who don't speak up against incels like you don't realize that yeah that makes us frustrated with all of you that makes us pissed at all of you so even though you weren't part of the problem at the beginning you are now part of the problem because of your inaction and that's why women say that they just want to give up on men because we're tired of having to filter through guys and figure out you know how much they hate women or how much misogyny they have internalized within themselves so that's exhausting and it's easier to just not do that and not interact with straight men. And a lot of times when I'll tweet something about my experiences dating or my experiences with men, one of the most common responses I'll get on like TikTok or Twitter is men saying, women can be crazy too. And it's like, yeah, women can be crazy too, but also women go to therapy more than men do. The issue with men is that they're crazy, but they don't do anything about it. So that's really the strike against them for me. I did want to add something to the examples of sad girl energy. I know I haven't added to that list for a while. This is something I personally experienced this week. Stomach issues. All sad girls have sensitive stomachs. Maybe it's lactose, maybe it's gluten but you and your intestines are constantly at war and that's something that you just need to accept that is a quality of a sad girl it's a quality of a hot girl but you and your stomach are usually not at peace and it's been that way for your entire life i had the worst stomach ache the other day i drank an entire bottle of kombucha in like three minutes 
and then I was just doing like deep breathing exercises on my floor to try and get my stomach to settle. It felt like all of my intestines were wrapped in a knot and then being pulled in two different directions. And at first I was really mad because I was like, why does this have to happen to me? Why does this have to happen to me today? It was a beautiful sunny day when it happened. I was like, I don't deserve this, not today. I wanna go outside, I wanna make the most of this day. But then I realized that it is unfortunately just part of my hot girl DNA, my sad girl DNA to have a sensitive stomach. My stomach is reactive, she's sensitive. She knows what she likes and what she doesn't like. Do I listen to her? No, I usually don't. I usually, I usually ignore her. The mind and the gut are not connected in this body. Unfortunately not, maybe one day. I will add it to my list of future projects for the self, which is getting way too long. That's why I need quarantine to end um, is because I need to stop, stop adding projects for myself, stop adding things to work on. I, I just need to, I need to cut the list. I'm going to start hating myself. I'm going to start hating myself. If I, if I truly start working on every single part of myself, because it's like the people pleasing thing, right? People pleasing has to do with self-confidence and your own self-worth. So I start trying to work on people pleasing and then I realize, oh, this is attached to my self-esteem. Okay, I guess I have to work on my self-esteem. And then you realize that your self-esteem is attached to 10 other things. And then you just have a web of things to work on. And you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. How do you build self-esteem? Like I literally Googled it once. I Googled it once. I asked my therapist because I was like, I don't know how to build self-esteem. I went to Google and I hated the answers. I'm like, okay, if I wanna build self-esteem, I should just get fake boobs. That's my solution. I just want really nice, natural looking, fake titties. But I honestly think the best advice I've ever gotten about self-confidence is to do with building hobbies and doing things on your own or for yourself that you enjoy and developing a skill set. I have found that through doing that, I have developed more confidence and I've developed more of a sense of self-identity, which I think is really important in building confidence. But I will say that about since September, I have been actively trying to do things that I used to do, like skiing, snowshoeing, you know, outdoor activities, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, and it has helped so much. So that's why I want to talk about hobbies today. Quarantine hobbies, my experience with them. I have picked up a lot of hobbies during this quarantine some for short amounts of time, some for extended periods of time. My um, list of hobbies is long. My list of things I've mastered is short. There's gonna be one more outfit change. I think my new thing in the podcast is just taking off a layer every 10 minutes. 
because my blazer was ruining the recording and causing a very irritating noise, so that's fine. Anyways, we were talking about hobbies. I have picked up a lot of quarantine hobbies. Okay, so I'm going to read off of my list of quarantine hobbies. Number one, running. Basic. Everyone's doing it. I do like it though because when I run, it feels like I've gone clubbing. And if you're like, wait, Bria, that doesn't make sense. It does. Let me explain. Sometimes I'll be in the middle of a run and I'm just running, I'm going, and I like black out. And then when I finally come to, like seven minutes later, it kind of feels like I had a fun night at the club. Number two, kombucha. I had a phase where I was making multiple batches of kombucha a week. In retrospect, that was a very clear sign of depression. Like, that's when I was at my most depressed, for sure. For some people, fermenting things is cool, but for me, it is a sign that I need to work on my mental health. Number three, baking. I'm still baking, but I'm doing it in a healthier way now. Like, there was a point in time where I was just stress baking, which I think, again, everyone has done during the pandemic, but I was making, like, gigantic sheets of coffee cake that were like 25 servings and it's just me and my roommate like two people again another sign very depressed uh another thing i did beading i actually really like beading i think it's fun i think it's creative i find it very relaxing but i started referring to myself as a busy beater and that was really embarrassing. Very embarrassing. I also wanted to sell beaded bracelets at one point in the pandemic. I've had like 10 business ideas since the beginning of this pandemic and I haven't done any of them. Not because I don't think I'm capable, but just more so because I know nothing about business. So maybe if I like read some books or something. And the last one, this is one that I didn't start, but I wanted to start. So I wanted to start open water swimming. Uh, I saw an old man doing it and I think he was like 70 and he does it multiple times a week at the beach near my parents house and I was walking down the boardwalk one day and I was just kind of like, was oh, it a boardwalk? It's not really a boardwalk, it's just like, it's not a sidewalk but it's not a boardwalk. Anyways, I was walking near the water and I was like, he was coming out of the water and I was like, if that old bag of bones can open water swim then what's stopping me and the answer is five hundred dollars i didn't realize how expensive all the gear was also apparently it takes like 20 minutes to get the wetsuit on and the idea of struggling to put on a skin tight wetsuit on the beach in front of people for 20 minutes is almost unbearable like i don't know if i can mentally handle that i feel like that would be worse for my self-esteem. I had to tell my friends about it to gauge how they felt about it, and they were very supportive of me, which was really nice, uh, but I'm sure that was like a red flag for them. I'm sure they were like, okay, another sign she's sad. Because <laughs> like the fact that I wanted to start swimming in the open ocean in the middle of winter is a little concerning. You know, that sounds a little bit sadistic. Also, if I wanted to have a breakdown, I could do it for far less than $500. Like there are so many things I could spend my money on 
to signify I'm having a breakdown that costs less than $500. Okay, I think it's time for self-care tip of the week where I give you no bullshit self-care advice. So if you're experiencing some sad girl energy in your life right now, look back at your hobbies and start one again. Look back at things you previously enjoyed doing but maybe don't prioritize right now because we don't have time to start new hobbies, right? We don't have the time or energy to do that. Instead, you can choose something you know you've enjoyed in the past and set some time aside for it. I know this year has been so bad, like it's been awful, but there's probably one skill you've gained during this year that you didn't have before, right? Like there's probably one section of your life that's like way better than it was before. And there are probably also lots of sections of your life that are worse than they were before. But there's also probably one that's better. Like for me, the thing that I picked back up was meditation. I have been doing it every day for the past four days. What I did was I purchased a whole one-year subscription to Headspace without trying it. Well, actually, I could have tried it. I had a free seven-day trial, but I didn't use it during those seven days to find out if I actually like it, and now I'm stuck with it for a year. Thankfully, I like it. But sometimes you have to gaslight yourself into self-care, and I know any professional will tell you that's probably wrong, and they're probably right about that, but it has worked for me for the last four days. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, you didn't try the free trial. That was your chance to figure out if you like it or not, but you miss that and you decide to purchase a year instead of purchasing one month because it was cheaper to purchase a full year. So now you need to enjoy it. It's kind of like negging. It's like negging your mental health. But like I've said, I've meditated for four days in a row. So now it is time for Dear Diary, the segment where I read you an excerpt from my weekly personal diary because I have no concept of boundaries. Okay, I also typed it out this week because last week when I was reading it from the paper, the paper was crinkling and that was causing noise issues. And look, I know that maybe there have potentially been slight noise issues this episode, but I am so grateful that you are still listening and we're gonna get them fixed. We're gonna figure all of this out. We're gonna figure out the perfect angle to film at. We're gonna figure out the perfect recording setup and you guys are just, I love your support while we figure it out. And I have not already had like seven breakdowns today about this episode. Everything has been totally chill. Um, so now I'm going to read Dear Diary. Dear Diary, I know I consistently preach that feeling and experiencing your emotions is necessary, but sometimes I would like to self-administer a lobotomy. I saw four puppies yesterday, which must be a good omen. I discovered British reality TV and I will never be the same. Someone asked me what my goals are for the summer and I said to be hot and slutty. How does one balance wanting to remain a complete mystery but also never having to explain yourself because everyone around you understands you completely? It seems complicated. I think that's all for now. Love to you and me, Bria. That's been our episode. Thank you so much for listening slash watching. I appreciate it so much. I hope you enjoyed it. 
if you are looking for something fun to do, like I said, we're doing a ghost orgy show on April 2nd, and you can find the info for tickets on my Instagram profile. Another reason to follow me on Instagram. Also feel free to follow the Sad Girl Energy pod account. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on TikTok. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the kind comments. I appreciate you listening. And I'll have a new episode in a couple of weeks. Okay, bye.